Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Davis, and we are glad to be with you. I am here with one of my favorite people, Jason Umstadt, superintendent of Licking County. And I've had the pleasure of knowing Jason for quite some years. First, when he worked with the provider agency Koinonia up in the Cuyahoga County. Then when he worked with us at Opera, and now as he's been Licking County Superintendent. So that breadth of experience and certainly his temperament and passion and vision are all things that, that benefit all of us. So, Jason, it's good to see you. Thank you, Director, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to come in here and talk to you today. You picked the topic right off the bat. Well, I, I think one of the things that I'm, I'm really pleased to see, and especially at this time uh, in our system and you know, while we're in this phase of what's going on, I just I'm so deeply thankful uh, with the collaboration that we see with our provider agencies and uh, trade associations, with county boards, and with the state. And you know, truthfully, to to move the needle, continue to move the needle in the right direction. Uh, we've, we've got to work together, and uh, this is not a one-sided situation. This is, you know, as we see an increase in demands uh, as far as uh, things like multi-system youth and um, that, that county boards are struggling with. And uh, I just I, I feel that working together is, the, is absolutely the best approach, and it's, it's just great to be in the system right now, to, to be experiencing and be a part of it. Yeah, I think we, we can see it, can't we? And I and feel it, and it, 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 I am grateful as well. People are, it's, it is essential, right? There's no question about it. And we're seeing it out of, truly, and I'm a little biased, obviously, but we're seeing it out of the, our new administration, too, and the governor's office and, and his whole team and his expectations, right? So let me throw this one at you, you know, because you've been in the system a long time, as have I. And, you know, oftentimes still not really at the table in policy discussions are the individuals themselves. And so thoughts, you, you're welcome to disagree, but, but how might we build a legitimate right, base of uh, individuals and how do we learn from them going forward as to what they actually want? I think it's 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 very important for the people that are actually receiving the services and supports to have have a seat at the table, but also I think it's important um, to have you know uh, guardians, parents, you know, folks that are actually um, you know involved more deeply than we do from a from a system standpoint. They're 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 uh, working with these folks daily. What about direct support, you know, folks as well? You know, what does it take every day to uh, to do the work that's needed for people with disabilities and ensure that uh, each person is living their life the way that they wish to live it, and that it's happy and fulfilling and that the outcomes are achieved that you know, we, we all hope um, will happen. But, but in order to, you know, it, it's, it's interesting, is, and we've seen this over the years, you know, a lot of times we, we put a lot of work into planning, and then after we get ready to roll something out, that's when we 
consult with the actual people that are receiving the services, and we only, and then that's when we figure out, well, maybe we should have did this a little different. So then we're putting more work into it. So I think it's it's actually, uh, you know, it's very important that we bring folks in early on and get their feedback. Um, the other thing that I think that that's important to note is that when you look at the, you know, the state of Ohio, I mean, obviously we have the, you know. The, the big uh, metro areas and, and the supports are different there than they are in the smaller, more rural counties uh, throughout. And, and it, their challenges are there as well. And I think it's just important that we get a good, clean perspective across the state. Any you, changes? You jumped out front, and, and there are other counties that are with you doing some wonderful things around working with providers in the recruitment effort and the retention effort. Maybe you share a little bit more as both as you've had experience and what you sort of what you thought, you know, that led up to that. Sure. Uh, so, you know, without a doubt, you know, our greatest asset and resources is our DSPs, our direct support professionals. I mean, they're, they're, they're there daily. They're, you know, they're providing the support that, that uh, people need. And, and I have always... You know, being from the provider side of things and seeing things a little different, um, you know, I know the struggles and the challenges that they face every day. I mean, if it's it could be you know filling half a dozen shifts in one day because they can't find someone, or uh, you know, with the vast number, you know, the amount of turnover that they're dealing with on a daily basis, to you know, just struggling to get people in the door. So in Licking County, we decided to to tackle this on, and again. You know, what we do in Licking County, you know, may not work in another county quite the same way. And and we encourage uh, counties to, you know, modify their plans however they see that it would work. So, you know, we, we hired, we have a provider relations department. We've had that, had that before I started. And, and we decided to hire someone that specifically was, um, w- would work with providers to recruit, retain, and train uh DSP staff. We also uh, incur all the cost associated with bringing those folks on. So if the average cost of recruiting a DSP is $3,400, um, that's something that the provider agencies, they, they don't have to spend the money on. Uh, we're, we're covering that. We cover the background checks and the screenings, everything that has to happen to bring that person in. And we do, you know, Brandy is a, the person that does this uh, for Licking County. And, you know, she was at a job fair this past weekend. And, um, you know, we're seeing good results out of it. Now, our plan isn't going to change the world, essentially. It's not going to fix the problem, but it helps. And, you know, our estimates last year, and this was the first kickoff, you know, it was the kickoff year, so we didn't expect to see, you know, dramatic uh, changes. But we did um, see about, it was a little over $300,000 in savings just in our county alone. And for the for the small investment that we made as a county board into that, you know, I think that was a pretty good return on investment for our providers. Indeed. But, but you know, the other thing that we do is really boost morale, too. So the other day, and, and I don't micromanage um, the board staff. I, I, I've always believed that that kills creativity, and, is, and this is a perfect example of, of, of that. Um, you know, I, I looked on their social media page, and there was this – it looked like – I've never consulted with them to find out what it was, but it looked like it was a car air freshener. And at the top, it says something about brightening your day – bright something to brighten your day with. 
And so Brandy's going around to provider agencies and sticking this on the windshields of DSP's cars just as a little reminder that they, they are valued in their care. And those little things. Um, last week at the OACB conference, I had a provider, a CEO from a provider agency in Licking County. I had, I had wrote a letter to some of the DSPs that we recognized at the DSP event that we had. And all you know, it was a typewritten letter, but at the bottom I wrote a little note specifically addressed to that person thanking them. And and she made it this DSP made it a point to tell this executive director that how much they really truly appreciated that and made their day. And I just don't think we we express our appreciation enough to what you know to our DSPs and what, what they do. They really do a value they do valuable work. Jason, I don't I don't disagree with that one at all, uh, and I think it's more across the board than that, right? I mean, I, I, I think the best companies in the world, as far as I can tell now, understand that it's all about their employees. What do you think that next step is for us as a system to really ingrain this idea that our employees, to really ingrain it, not just talk about it, but really ingrain it to where we're valuing our employees, particularly at the level, whether there be SSAs or whether it be... They be direct support. Well, I, 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 well, this is how things, how I get motivated, and I, I'm not saying that it applies to everyone, but I really think people, they, they, they are moved when they see data, data, true data that's related to the work that they're doing. So if they, if you can prove that, like we'll just use this DSP recruitment, maybe if we can reduce by twenty percent the turnover rate in our county then that excites people and i think that gives provider agencies hope that you know we are moving in the right direction um, if we can if, if if we show and i don't think we i think we can do a lot better showing true outcomes with people i mean we have folks in licking county that that uh, the board supports that at one point was one on one 24 hours a day that are now living with technology, using the technology in your life now. And I don't know, I mean, that obviously isn't for everyone, but for, for some people, when we think outside of the traditional norm of what our system was, like I always say, is this, you know, it used to be a one size fits all model. You take it or leave it. And that's what you, you know, your life is, is basically what the system says it's going to be. And we're not like that anymore. We're, we're moving away from that, where people are starting to look at other options. And as a result, we're seeing huge changes in people's lives. And, and I was, I was uh, reading uh, a, a case the other day of someone who's very independent and really leads their lives at work, re- uh, really lives their life the way they want. They work. They live in their own apartment. They're very happy. 20 years ago, that wouldn't have been an option for that person, and we would have really lost um, the skills. That person would have lost the skills that they possess just you know, because of our system. And so it's, it's, it's nice to see it. So I think that the same thing happens with DSPs. If they really have an opportunity to take a breath and, and, and look at what kind of impact they're making, I think it motivates them. I, I think that's why we have some really great DSPs in this state. Let's take a uh, moment and chat what it's like on the ground, um, <clears throat> you know, with our, our youngest children, right? Uh, both early intervention and then, then what you're seeing with with what we would consider multi-system youth. And, 
and all the struggle with addiction and and how's it playing itself out? Well, you know, let's let, we'll start with with young children, and and this just happened yesterday, and and you know. Sometimes I think that we get stuck in the in the in the kind of the environment of um, you know just what our typical role is, and I I you know like you and others we you know in this system we take a lot of stuff beyond outside of the office in our minds and we're constantly processing it. How can we do better? What can we do to help this family? You know we had a a, a very young child. Uh, situation come to us the other day and this child has a, a significant medical con- condition and the family is just struggling to try to find every little bit of services that they can and I had a call coming here today and I said look we're going we're gonna to figure this out one way or the other because here's the thing I want those parent, that this, this little girl's parents to live a quality life and, and make good memories with their child and, and instead of worrying about red tape that they have to jump through with our system. In Licking County, we started doing early intervention services in 1977. And I still to this day want to really analyze. Those folks are now adults. And, and uh, you know, we, we've had situations where when we were cleaning up our wait list, we, uh, we contacted a, a mother who, whose son was on the list. And she said, oh, honey, He's graduating from college next week. And she said, we, we're very fortunate for the board and early intervention services that he got. So those stories exist everywhere. And we don't talk enough about it, and we should. Um, and then multi-system youth. I mean, we're, 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 had a parent stop me yesterday out. And this was after work. And she said, you know, my son... Uh, is is he's on the spectrum and he's 12 and all of a sudden we started seeing you know very serious physical aggression from him and that's typically the age we're starting just we start seeing that and not all but we start seeing that and and uh you know i was just glad to be able to tell her where to you know to point her to try to figure out if there are you know what services he may qualify for but you know these parents with you know, you, you know we have seen some horrific situations like all counties have, and I just feel like we can do better. You know our system was kind of designed, you know, with adults in mind, and I think we need to kind of backtrack and look. We're seeing more and more of this, and parents are more more open uh, to to ask for help, and I think that helps tremendously. We're seeing, you know, so they're coming into our system earlier than what they tra- typically did in the past. But usually they're coming into our system because something catastrophic has happened. And I think that prevention and getting in, providing respite in the home, teaching parents, um, you know, the parenting skills that they may not possess because their child has a disability, that we can do better with that as well. If the model of early intervention works for kids birth to three, then why can't it work for teenagers as well? So... I, but but again, there's a lot of lot lot of pressure, you know, in regards to multi-system youth, be, and, and it's with all counties. We're ta- we talk about it all the time, and it, it's great to be in a room with a bunch of superintendents and, and SSA directors uh, who truly have the same mindset. We've got to do better, and and we're working and doing our best. No, I appreciate that. So, what role do you think the department best plays in this? Well, for multi-system use, yes. well, I think 
one, I think it's very important. First off, um, I, I really appreciate your uh, focus on simplifying our system. I think that that's that's really a good first step because we need to do that. And and I think that there's a lot of things that we do administratively that is quite burdensome and that really drags us down and, and prevents us from doing the things that we really need to do. Um, you know, I, I think... Obviously, if we can get consistent training uh, for you know the folks that are going out and doing this, I can't I can't go through this without saying you know the funding is definitely needed there and and uh, you know these these kids I, I really truly believe that these kids have um, an opportunity to really live a great productive life, but if we don't get to them when this this situation is happening, if we don't give parents the the uh, the knowledge that they need to serve them, then there's the potential for um, you know this popu- the population we're talking about to really cost our system a lot more money than it necessarily needs to. And it's not really about money; it's really about giving people the um, you know the the, um, the support that they need. Let's just finish by saying you talk about the challenges that you see. I mean, you covered them, but summarize if you wish, and then where you real really see. Where you might have optimism or opportunity. You know, transportation is an issue, yeah, obviously. We're going to get at transportation. And, and we're working yep. at it. Yep. You know, we're working at it. And mm-hmm. and so I think we're going to accomplish that. Multi-system youth, as we just mentioned, huge issue. And it's not something that's just isolated to one county or no, certain regions. Right. It's everywhere in the state. Um, you know, but... Boards are on board with it. They're trying to figure out ways and solutions to get this to get this worked out. Um, you know, um, uh, tra- you know, transition youth. We, we've really started. We've been doing very well with that. Implementation of technology has really taken off. I mean, boards are creative. We've got really good tech programs here or providers. So that you know, they're helpful. Um, you know the DSP. I can't. You know the DSP workforce crisis is serious. Um, you, you know I, I I give so much credit to the agency providers that try to make, that make this work every single day. They, they they are the ones that you know really need to pat on their back just because they are trying. Um, but. Really, I'm, I'm optimistic. We have great leadership. We, you know, uh, we've got boards that are, are very energized, that want to do more. I, I don't know. Every day, I, I, I'm so thankful that I'm. I, it's good stuff. I, I'm not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so thankful. Listen, I am so thankful to be in this, to, to be in the D system. I'm so thankful that this is the profession, profession that I, I chose. And it's not about me. It's about watching people live good lives. That's what makes the difference. So, thanks for I having me. I love it, Jason. This was absolutely delightful. Uh, I hope beneficial. I hope everyone realized how uh, just how beneficial that was and how much you bring to the table. I enjoyed it. We'll do this again. Thank you. Thank you very much.